while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. And good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Farrow is here as well. Um, we'll be taking your phone calls at 508-996-0500. Taking your messages on the app chat as well. Uh, yeah, please please uh, do the messages on the app chat. We're going to be talking about the speaker's race, but if something comes up, something you're interested in, you can by all means give us give us a call. We're not locked in on the speaker's uh, race, but I do find it very interesting, Marcus. I know you do as well. Um <clears throat> I have thought the coverage of it... Nobody likes McCarthy. <laughs> Nobody likes McCarthy. We'll see tonight as, as he takes over. Nobody um, likes McCarthy. I think the, the one thing that, to me, is very interesting is that people who thought McCarthy was not going to get the speaker's race um, just don't understand politics. Yeah. McCarthy crisscrossed the country. The people who were holding out we're trying to hold out to get right where we are now, which is where their votes mean way more than anybody else's. Yeah. Right? When you're in a body like that. Now, the, the one thing, Mark. Some, some of them, at least. I think uh, others might be, you know, uh, enjoying their moment in the sun. Well, there's something about that, right? But but they're getting publicity like the board have gotten. Yeah, like Bobert. But the, um, the reality is that we've been treated to an antiseptic, behind-the-scenes power plays for the speaker's job yes. for years. Yes. Right? So that we're all, we all think that this is how it's supposed to be. But quite frankly, if you follow legislation, legislative bodies, to include our own Massachusetts, speaker's fights, leadership fights, they're all the time. Of course. And, uh, you, you know, actually, to that point of, of getting behind-the-scenes looks, that was a really good uh, piece in the Boston Globe. I think it was this morning. So you know what? You know what's funny about the Boston, the Boston Globe. I read it digitally. So I was talking to a, a Lieutenant Governor Driscoll about it. I said I liked your piece in the Boston Globe. Was it today? Yesterday? He's like, I just read it online. You know, and I'm like, you're right. right. I don't. Right. So <laughs> it was either today or yesterday or sometime <laughs> recently. But what they were saying was, um, uh, C-SPAN has had the camera camera access that they've never had before because nobody can tell them where to put the cameras at right now. Right. Because typically uh, they're controlled by the house control room and they're, you know, they're basically, they, they're very limited in where they can, but now they're just like in there, they're getting all of this sort of chaos that's on the floor. But it's really, like you said, just like the, the what's what's behind the curtain most so, of the time. Um, way back in the 90s, um, it was a speaker fight here in Massachusetts on the Democrat side. It was Tommy Finneran and Richie Folk. And I was, just, I'm not going to say I was involved in the fight because I wasn't in the legislature, but I was a selectman. And some of my guys, my people who helped me get elected and fundraise for me, were very much involved with some of the state reps. And Tommy Finneran's people, including the speaker himself, who, who was not yet the speaker, he'd been uh, chairman of Ways and Means, they were literally calling the big Democrat donors to try to get them to lobby reps that they that they had supported over the years. That's how how important the fight was. Yeah. And that's how big it got. In the end, Marcus, 
Tommy Finneran, the Democrat, became Speaker of the Massachusetts House after losing to Richie Voke in the caucus by getting the Republicans to vote for him right. on the floor of the Massachusetts House of Representatives. Right. And therefore, he gave the Republicans a couple of things. And as this was happening um, here in the, in the, in the, in the uh, our own U.S. House of Representatives, I started to wonder if any of the Democrats were going to take advantage and maybe vote present to bring the numbers down to get something from McCarthy. You didn't see that happen. Yeah. But it does happen where Republicans and Democrats, they cross over the aisle and because their votes are suddenly worth a lot more. Mm-hmm. For years, the Republicans in Massachusetts were non-factors in yeah. speakers' fights. But this time they were. And I can tell you, John Quinn, this is out in the public, so I don't think I'm speaking out of school. He was with Richie Voke. John Quinn was a state rep at the time. Yes, yeah. from Dartmouth. Yep. His brother's now the district attorney. So right. John, they were lobbying some of John's supporters down here, who were my supporters, that's how I know it's true, mm-hmm. to try to get John to switch his vote. So my friend talked to John. John said to Tommy Federer, I know I'm going to lose. I pledge myself to Voke, and I'm going to go down with the ship. He said, even though I know I'm going to lose. They said, just switch, switch over that way. You know, He said, look, if I switch my vote now, You'll never be able to trust me. It's true. So I'm going to go down with the ship. You yeah. know, I know you're going to win. So just understand my word is my word. So when you become speaker, if I give you my word, you don't have to worry about me switching on you, right? Right. After that, so they said to him, we agree. So Quinn voted for Richie Voke. He lost his chairmanship. Next year, he was a vice chair. Right. Moving on up, right? Yeah. In other words, it's true. Your word is your bond, even if you know you're going to lose. Yeah. So... Um, so, so getting people on the House Rules Committee was obviously really important. Right. Um, that used to be chaired by Jim McGovern and no longer will be, who's, uh, represents Central Mass up in Congress. Um, but those committee appointments really are where all the power is. Absolutely. Because those bills have to go through all these committees. That's why Jake Auchincloss has been trying to, uh, one of, one of the congressmen here in the South Coast, one of your congressmen, many of you who are listening, uh, is trying to get on how, uh, on the, on the, um, Ways and Means Committee because he knows that's where the, mo- the money is and that's where the power is, right? And once you get there, traditionally, under the rules of the House, you begin to advance. Yeah. Up, right? Seniority matters in the House yeah. of Representatives. Um, well, look at Keating. He chaired the uh, the Europe and uh, Energy uh, commi- uh, subcommittee, and that's I mean he was an incredible. Uh, he's been a, a vocal uh, and and active leader in the uh, war on Ukraine and the Ukrainian fight for independence. So that's really where the power is. It is, and and um, he's also on on uh, ways of um, he's on he's on um, armed services. Armed services, which yeah. is let's face it, where most of our budget goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whether you like exactly, it or not. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, Marcus, the I think the speaker fight has been an excellent you know, civics y- lessons for everybody. Yeah, it, it is. I I think you know I, I still think this is stuff they could have hashed out probably before, and maybe they should have before because you know there's some people that are like, uh, you know, we've heard callers and and it's it's a fine you know it's I guess it's a fine position to take if you want to uh, be like a, have a euphemism for it that it's like some grand debate that we're seeing out in the open some like a Lincoln Douglas going across the country and, and, and sharing ideas but um, it looks the presentation of it is a little bit messy uh, very messy and I think. Uh, people in the American public more broadly who aren't necessarily attuned to 
the sort of like the 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 mechanics of it. Like, well, they oh, shouldn't pay attention. Well, well, they no. Do. no in other words, if, if you're just tuning in and you're and you're and but you're, that's, you're finding us to 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 offend you, then. I'm offended that you haven't paid attention for well, years, well, right? Well, Quite frankly, I, I guess. I mean, I, I think m- many people don't have the uh, don't have the time or or, or interest interest to 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 really get into the weeds about you know committees and assignments and all of that, and so it looks really messy to a lot of uh, a lot of people. And, and typically, you know, there was a speaker. There wasn't a speaker. It wasn't a fight per se. It was kind of a fight when in 2018 when Nancy Pelosi was going to take the gavel again. I don't think there was any. I don't think there was any doubt that Nancy Pelosi was going to be speaker at the at the time, but they hashed that out before she took the gavel in twenty, uh, in, which would be in twenty nineteen, and she said she was going to be there for four years and then she'd leave. And I, I I remember thinking there's there's no way she's going to do that. Right. Turns out she did, right? Because Hakeem Jeffries is now the new leader of the uh, of the Democratic Party in the House, but. Um, they'd hash that out before, so it seems like there's still. I, I think I think it's probably a testament to McCarthy's leadership capabilities or lack thereof that he wasn't able to do this before he got, uh, frankly, publicly embarrassed by um, by this coverage. So what I think happened is, quite frankly, um, you can see a lot of this is very personal. Um, when they believed they were going to have a forty or fifty seat margin. Yeah. I think he perhaps told people who he didn't like personally how he felt about them <laughs> before now he needed them. But, but he, the thing is, and that that's again, that's I think a, a testament to his his uh, the how you know problematic he'll be as a as a, a legislative leader because this isn't the first time he's had a difficult time getting the speakership. Remember when they just gave it to Paul Ryan, who wasn't in leadership. He was a, I believe, the chair of Ways and Means, but yes. he, he wasn't. He was just they gave it to him because. He, he wasn't was, McCarthy. And he was a recognizable guy because he had just run for vice president. Right. Right. They just get like, oh, they were trying to figure out how not to give it to him. Right. So even though he was next in line because Cantor had gotten primary, Eric Cantor from Virginia had gotten primary. He was the majority leader. And then and then um, and, and then McCarthy was next in line. So I, I think that, again, it's a testament to I think his ineptitude um, as as uh, or what will be as an ineptitude as a speaker. But next in line is um, only if other people are willing to read the deli numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if, if I don't acknowledge your deli number, I'm next in line, right? Well, I mean, well, yeah. So, but that's the thing—he wasn't able to shore up that respect or that that command. Now, and now he's made a concession, which committee appointments—that's like you said—that's par for the course. Mm-hmm. But um, agreeing to have a reinstate a rule that allows any member of Congress to essentially start a snap election, which means like an election, you know, right, um, right uh, uh, for Speaker of the House, the moment they're dissatisfied with you for any reason whatsoever um, is going to mean that the 20 people that were holding this up who don't represent obviously a large majority of the country considering there's 435 reps. And who, frankly, probably represent the wing of the Republican Party that most Republicans want to get away from because they feel like they lost them elections. Um, they're going to have a lot more power than they probably should uh, uh, because of this. So I think that those reps uh, recognize this was their moment. And well, Lauren, Lauren Boebert, I think, is one of them because, yeah. you know, we talked about it. She 
So people don't know who Lauren Boebert is just for, uh, I always just assume that you might not know who a, a particular person is. Um, she is the rep from the third district in Colorado. She right. is a um, staunch Trump Republican, still is. Says it's her, she's her favorite president of all time. Uh, she, when she got elected in, I think it was 2018, she wanted to, she's the one who made a stink about bringing a gun into Congress and carrying a, a sidearm into Congress. And she owned a chain of, uh, I think, restaurants that had a bunch of health code violations. She barely won her reelection bid. I mean, by a, by a, this like point, point zero, zero, zero one margin against uh, Adam Frist, who was a Boulder city councilor. And uh, the reason why she won, given the margin, is because of Kevin McCarthy. Because Kevin McCarthy raised two million dollars for right. her, right? Um, so two million dollars in a congressional race goes a really long way. So she's now using the opportunity that Kevin McCarthy gave her to, I think, publicly humiliate him and to get her moment in the sun. Which you know you've seen her do the circuits on on cable news and all that, and talk about how she she's not only not supporting Kevin McCarthy, she says she's not supporting supporting a single person in in leadership. So. I wonder what she's going to get from it other than uh, the airtime. So what I think, Marcus, is you had some experienced reps and they were able to, to, to bring in people like Matt Gates and Bobert, who they knew didn't like McCarthy, to add to their numbers. Mm. Um, you notice those people dropped back and fell in line. Well, Matt Gates and after Bo- getting what they want, and, and Matt Gates is is from you know from the outset said Kevin McCarthy won't be speaker. He doesn't have the votes. He'll never right. be speaker. I'd rather have Hakeem Jeffries. Right. Um, so 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 when you when when you when you're in the negotiations and you know you've got a couple of other reps who are never going to switch, it only makes your position stronger. Yeah. So they knew that, and so they. And I'm talking about guys like Chip Roy, people like that. Chip Roy, rep from Texas, Texas, who yeah. went in, who went into it looking for very specific stuff, which I think a lot of our callers actually would agree with. Um, unfortunately, I have found a lot of the coverage to be, dare I say, childish. Um, people who maybe have an axe to grind against McCarthy because they lost their seats to him, but somehow they, but now they have, like for instance, Kinzinger, people like that. What's, what's his opinion worth? Really? Yeah, right. right. I mean, the guy's political career was ended by by, by McCarthy. Uh, um, people like that, I, they, they've never been around for leadership fights like this. Right. Um, you had the other guy, for, um, I mentioned him to you often. Mondaire, Mondaire Jones, who was an Ob- oh, Obama DOJ lawyer who got elected in 2020, was kind of part of that whole, got elected with Jamal Bowman. He's part of like, uh, with AOC, part of that kind of progressive uh, ilk of the uh, of the party. Um, so, And he's yucking it up on CNN. And I'm thinking, listen, uh, the average city council knows more about election fights than this guy does, right? <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly, Marcus, yeah. we do too because we've covered a lot of these fights. If you think about it, Marcus, the stuff we've seen city councils, it's not, not for, you know, public consumption necessarily. Yeah, right. But we've seen it get a lot of nasty yeah. in this stuff, right? You've been involved in it as an elected official, right. and so have I. Right. It's I, not, it's, it's, the very, this is nothing. The very first meeting I had as an elected official was taking somebody off of a position <laughs> and putting someone else in. I got thrown right in the middle of it. Right. And I had to make phone calls to this guy and that guy. And I'm like, guy, I, I don't know this. I don't even know this person. Right. I don't know these people. How, you know, and, and I'm, I'm told that, no, 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 this is the direction you need to go in. So, yeah, no, it's it's definitely something I'm familiar I with. I had a colleague on the board of selectmen in front of the media 
stand up, accuse me of fixing the vote, and storm out of the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong, but but he but he left. In other words, stuff happens, right? So, um, funny story about Matt Gates. Uh, he is the Republican congressman from Florida. He in the Panhandle, right? It's over by Tallahassee. Where? Uh, no, Ron DeSantis from Jacksonville. Well, where Ron DeSantis lives now in Tallahassee. But what I'm trying to say is Matt Gates grew up in the Truman Show house. I don't know if you knew that. So, yeah. So for people who don't know, uh, the Truman Show is a movie starring Jim Carrey uh, and uh, Ed Harris. And basically Ed Harris is the producer of a show called The Truman Show where Jim Carrey's character is lived his entire life on a TV set. And it's he's become a 24-hour, 24-7 uh, TV, TV show. And the house that Jim Carrey lived in is the same uh, into the Truman Show is the same house that Matt Gates grew up in on the Truman Show, and I just thought that was an interesting fact about Matt Gates. That is an interesting fact. Yeah. So, so now you, you know, I always like to explain a little bit more about people that are in these fights, and I think that's a fun fact you have now about Matt Gates. So, uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This rules committee for people who don't know. Makes, makes the rules. <laughs> makes the rules. So people, because it's none of those things. Like, what's the House Rules Committee? It's it's not a, a very. It's not something that's talked about quite a bit. But they make the rules and how legislation is introduced into Congress. So they are. They basically can if it come if it, it has to come before the Rules co- Committee to, and they they decide whether or not a bill goes straight to the floor, goes to certain committees, and all of that. That's what the House Rules Committee is. To give you an idea, folks, Joe Moakley. The famous congressman from Massachusetts. Yeah, that's how he made his name. That's how he made his got his power. Yeah, he was chairman of the Rules Committee when he was a Democrat, and literally every bill that comes out has rules attached to it. Yeah, how many amendments you go on it, how long the debate can be. Mm-hmm. It's extra, and, and every bill, as, as Marcus pointed out, has to get through the Rules Committee. Yeah, it's like in Massachusetts has to go to the the committee on third reading. Mm-hmm. The committee on third reading just cleans up the language from the days of before the word processor. But it's an archaic committee, but it's got an extraordinary amount of power. Because until a bill gets a hearing in rules or third reading in Massachusetts, it can never hit the floor. Right. So it's the ability to bottleneck yeah. or to ladle something with so much that it can never pass. Right, to attach so much, to attach so many um, rules and, and strictures on it that it, it can't actually get through. Right. Can't actually get through Congress. And and uh, Jim McGovern was the House Rules Committee. He won't be anymore, but he was the House Rules Committee chair <clears throat> most recently. Jim McGovern's been in Congress since 1997. So, and before that, he was a staffer to, McG- to, um, to Mc, uh, McGonagall. No, to uh, Moakley. Right, so he understood. And and he's the in right, exactly. And the point is that he's been there for quite a long time to earn that to earn that chairmanship on the on the uh on the rules on the rules committee. So it is a very, very important uh it is a very important position. So would this might get cleaned up tonight. We're expecting it to maybe because McCarthy had he needs 218 votes, which is an, a simple majority of Congress. The last ballot he had 214, and the two and of his supporters two, were out of town. And he had any exactly, and he and he had 202 prior to that 214 vote. So, so the other thing, Marcus, they don't want to work the weekend. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. They want to get home. Yeah, I don't blame them. Right, right. They want to beat the snowstorms. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
Um, so yeah, the we're 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 expecting this to get cleaned up. Apparently, uh, Scott Frost, a congressman from Pennsylvania, he was one of the people that was having and calling on the uh, House floor about all this stuff. The one of, one of the concessions apparently that was made is a a uh, uh, an agreement on the debt ceiling, um, which I have only heard this agreement in broad strokes, so I don't really know exactly what it is, but. It is kind of a, a it, that is kind of for me a disconcerting prospect that they might be, um, in some ways, using the debt ceiling as a position of leverage uh, because that you know if there's if there's certain points where the Democrats or the Republicans don't raise the debt ceiling, um, the the U.S. Um, Treasury can default on its payments, um, which would be catastrophic for the value of the U.S. dollar. So uh, my 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 sort of summation of the debt ceiling is it doesn't give you really any permission to borrow it just gives you permission to pay the things that you've already bought right so but it's now being used as this thing that's like oh if we raise the debt ceiling it means we're going to get more debt it just means you're going to have to pay it's how you pay the debt you've already accrued from the things you've already bought because it it puts a valuation on the treasury bonds that the treasury sells to pay off the debt right is that is that a, is that a, is that correct i would say mark that's very accurate the um and also, the, the conversation about debt, it means you're going to have to unwind, okay? Yeah. You, people have to unwind a lot of their expectations. And so, um, the fact that it's being used, once again, um, as a catalyst for change, mm -hmm. other China change, is not surprising, yeah. uh, quite frankly. But the... Um, well, the U.S. is... Uh, uh I think its bond rating had decreased for the first time in like American history uh, in the Obama administration during that whole fight, and I believe 2011, uh, around 2011, over the fight uh, on the uh, on the debt ceiling with uh, John Boehner's Congress. <laughs> but where are people going to put their money? Yeah, right, right. What are you going to What are you going to buy? Thailand bonds? Yeah, what right. Are you buy rubles? I mean, what, what, where, where's your money going to go? Okay. Um, Quite frankly, the, the, the U.S. government is the greatest investment you can make. The treasury well, bonds, things like that. Well, well is the world economy going to come to a, a position no. in which, you know, we're, we're sort of subjecting them, especially with all of the, uh, the, the broad, uh, you know, sanction state that we've created, too, where we're sanctioning. And then we have, like, these secondary sanctions where we sanction people who are dealing with countries that have been sanctioned. So uh, is, it, is it going to be a point where the world economy is, uh, is, is coming to a, an agreement that um, the U.S. being the economic fulcrum of the, of the, of the world uh, and being subjected to the whims of, of congressmen like Scott Frost is not a tenable position? But here's the thing. The, the, the economy of America is so enormous, so diverse. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, um, by and large, people are going to continue to invest in America yeah. They're gonna, because it's a great place to put your money. Um, that being said, they're not going to be able to fix it tonight. They're not going to un unwind um, all of the debt that we have, nor is it a good idea to do that, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the um, it's kind of a... Yeah, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit um, pedantic, but... <laughs> it also, you're dealing with numbers. They're yeah. so astronomical. Yeah, I know. As to not make sense. Yeah, it's true. I, to, to not be comparable. Yeah, right? no, I, I I hear you on that. It's just, it's, it's just, it's something that people talk about in, like I said, broad strokes, and it's sort of 
been widely and purposefully, I think, misrepresented um, by a lot of people on what the debt ceiling means and raising the debt ceiling and all of that. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, I'll adopt your sunny disposition on that. <laughs> um, but so, as, as of now, I, I don't. I don't think I do. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that what ends up happening is we get to the edge and the, and they always end up doing the prudent thing. I'm not going to say it's the right thing, okay? Because the right, how would I say this? Sometimes the... the um, they do enough just to not go over the cliff is essentially what, 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 what they do. They do enough so that they don't put the economy in a, a, a tailspin, uh, so to speak, um, for now. The for now. Um, so we're gonna we'll, we'll see what happens here. I do think that at ten o'clock, McCarthy will wrap it up, and yeah. he'll become the become the Speaker of the House. But Marcus, that means a whole lot, right? I mean, in other words, then they could swear in people. You got that rep from New York. Now that's going to get referred to the Ethics Committee. Oh, uh, George Santos. George Santos. Uh, the scofflaw from uh, uh, representing New York now, who I'm not sure his name he is. He lied George about Santos. his Indian heritage. He, he lied about... No, that was Senator... No, no, that was Warren. Who did. <laughs> he lied about... <laughs> no, he lied about being in Vietnam. No, no, that was Blumenthal. He, he, he lied <laughs> He lied about... Um, well, to, to that point, he lied about... First of all, he lied about being a Holocaust, uh, or, uh, being the descendant of a Holocaust survivor, right. and of just about being Jewish in general. And he said, I'm not Jewish, I'm Jew-ish. That's what, that's what he said. And uh, to... To the defense of of Warren and and uh, Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut, yeah. uh, Senator Blumenthal is um, they are not uh, wanted on fraud charges in another country, uh, as as George Santos is right now. So I think there's probably a bit more, um, I think, uh, disconcerting factors here with with George Santos, and there might be with someone like Warren or, or Blumenthal. Well. The, the the big difference is um, I don't know do do we care what that he's wanted in Brazil? Do we trust the Brazilian justice system? Um, I you know I I, don't I, I'm, know. I find Liz Warren's lies where she took a job that was dedicated to a minority, yeah, a lot more of a real assault on on the people here. Yeah, and Harvard not, set aside a job and Blumenthal. Yeah, yeah and, and the, Blumenthal has stolen valor. That's actually a crime. Uh, in this country, uh, it's unfortunate because he did serve honorably in the Marines, and yet he had to lie about it. Right, claim he was in Vietnam. He wasn't in Vietnam, but he served honorably in the Marines during Vietnam. He just wasn't in Vietnam. Yeah, he was up in the Department of Defense, but yet he lied. I, I don't. You know, there is always he he, he cate Santos categorized it as uh, embellishment. Uh, I think everybody it's a relatable thing to embellish your resume, right? And to even embellish your heritage to say you have a descendant of. You're a descendant of somebody uh, of of something, even if you're a distant descendant. It's different from lying outright, lying right. obviously. Um, but uh, well, particularly when you check the box, 
to get an affirmative action job. But we know, but we know Elizabeth Warren was um, a corporate attorney. We know Elizabeth Warren was a Harvard law professor. We know she was a school teacher. We also know we, she damn near died in the trail of tears. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we know that Richard Blumenthal was in the military. George Santos has even lied about the jobs he worked at. And then even when he talked about, because he said he worked at Goldman Sachs. And it's funny because Goldman Sachs is so, you know, deeply entrenched in the goings on of, of, of the Congress and, you know, the American government that and all that. Lie. Yeah. And, and that, that was easily verifiable. And no one in the New York media decided to, to, to look into it until after he got elected. But even afterwards, he said, no, I worked for I worked for a company that did, quote unquote, deal making for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Marcus, you and I would have gotten to the bottom of George Santos. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If you were a congressman, if you're we running here. We would have here, asked him the hard yeah. questions. We would have no problem asking people the hard questions. I ask people questions that are very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, all the but, time. But we would have gotten to the bottom, of it, or yeah. gotten to, or, or we would have at least blown the dust off and got people asking questions. Right? Right. It wouldn't have been now. Yeah. It would have been months ago. Right. Unfortunately, that district is now stuck with a bad rep. Yeah, uh, for at least the next two years, you got to figure his days uh, as a congressman are numbered, numbered by exactly two years, right? Uh, so we'll, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess we'll see. People, you know, do have a, a fading memory, but that's it's such a story and one that it, when you put money behind, it's going to be pretty hard to, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to overcome because people are going to remember it once you start sending out direct mail and running TV ads uh, down in New York. And I wonder if he's going to get a challenge in the primary before he gets a. I would challenge. think so. Yeah. Um, those, if it's a Republican, you know. Well, because that New York. that new, won that seat, which yeah. means a Republican can win it. That new, well, that new New York congressional map, thank you, Andrew Cuomo, uh, is is the foundation for the House's majority, Republican majority right now, because they had won so many seats. Part of that was Kathy Hochul didn't run that strong. Uh, against Lee Zeldin, the rep uh, Lee Zeldin from New York who ran against her. And the other part of it is that the district, uh, you know, Cuomo basically bungled that district on the on, on the way out. So that redistricting so Marcus, the way out. Riddle me this. Lee Zeldin, who ran for governor, mm -hmm. lost. Yes. He simultaneously ran for Congress. Oh, he did? He's back in Congress this year. That's right. He got votes for speaker. Exactly. I was surprised. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I do pay a little bit of attention to New York politics. Not as much as I pay attention to here, but I know Marcus does as well. So we both have a radio station we follow over there Yeah. Um, a little bit online. Anyway, so Zeldin, because their, their calendar is different than ours here in Massachusetts, you wouldn't have had the opportunity. No. Right? Say, say if Bill Keating had run for governor this time and... He would not have been able to run for Congress at the same time. I don't believe. Yeah. So, but Zeldin ran for both simultaneously, I, it, and he just got reelected to Congress. It's, it's strange. You'd, you'd feel. I guess it makes sense in the in the in the fact that you know if you're going to scribble Lee Zeldin's name down once, you probably do it twice because mm -hmm. you you think more people would look at that and say, well, well you want two jobs. It's no. weird, right? It's weird, yeah, because like if, if someone in our district, like if Keating or, or, or Auchincloss had decided to run for governor or senator at the same time or whatever, you can't run for senator or governor at the same time, they were running for Congress, I, I would I would have been offended by that. You know, like, oh, you, you how are you going to represent us while you're running for governor and you want us to do another special election so then we don't have a delegate to Congress? But, exactly. But but yeah. in, in New York, which is certainly, which while they're our neighbor, is different. Yeah. They, um, they did that.
Yeah. And so Zelda and I and I followed that New York race a little bit, but um, probably closer than I followed any other race because we didn't have one here in Massachusetts really to speak of. Um, I didn't hear Zelda no, get just, criticized. Jesse Brown for it. was a really strong candidate and ran a great campaign. Well, nice guy, I'm, but just not a nice guy. And, and he dumped three hundred grand of his own money into that race, maybe more. Three hundred thousand. Well, you can do with that money. All right, we got to take a break. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I never write. Re the United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. There is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Science is not an opinion. People come before pipelines. It's not too late to act on climate. At Earth Justice, we hold these beliefs to be self-evident. We're a national legal nonprofit fighting for your right to a healthy environment. Our 150-plus lawyers represent clients free of charge because now, more than ever, the Earth needs a good lawyer. If you believe what we believe, go to earthjustice.org today. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500 or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. No, back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrell. I'm Chris McCarthy. So we're you know we're just tracking the uh, the whole speaker drama again. They're going to reconvene. Um, we've been sort of unpacking it here. We do ex we do anticipate Kevin McCarthy wraps this up by the end of the night. He, he was four votes away. He's had two congressmen flying in to to vote for him. Uh, so he only needs two more votes after that. Uh, to to secure the speakership, in which case he will likely be the least powerful speaker of the house uh, in some time. So um, we um, will will um, keep keep talking about it if you'd like to. But Marcus, what about this pay raise here in New Bedford? Oh boy, it is something. Uh, so the the yeah, that's that's really something that I I know has really fired people up. Um, I had uh, I had Brad Markey on yesterday. Uh, I like Brad a lot. Yes. He's the Ward One City Councilor. And uh, I appreciate him coming on. Certainly. Because it's... Nobody else did. Because nobody else did. Uh, Naomi's going to come on uh, Monday. She's looking forward to it. We're going to talk about the walkout thing. So mm -hmm. I'll ask her about the pay raise issue as well. But uh, nobody nobody else uh, wanted to. Maybe they're too busy. But he came on. So, uh, so I talked to Brad a little bit. He talked about, you know, the... His reasoning... Um, was I think a lot of people didn't find it convincing enough, frankly, because it was pretty consistent with the reasoning that was given before, which was essentially, you know, oh, well, we wanted to pay every director commensurate with the director position and all of that. But, you know, as I'd said to him, you know, there's some directors that are bigger, some that are lower. He goes, oh, well, those directors that have bigger departments have more money, too. You know, like you talked about the DPI commissioner has more money than than the animal control officer or the human services director. It's like. Yeah, but now the you know now these some of these positions are getting paid at a fifty percent pay raise higher than the rest of the Commonwealth, right? And so, is it like you know is this is this like people are people are thinking 
And I'm not like I don't like to say to the people are saying this, people are saying <laughs> that, right? It's 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 a crappy way to 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 give analysis, but I'm literally saying people are calling in and messaging on the app chat and saying that this is uh, this move was a patronage move. Is it fair to say that this is getting more public comment than anything we're getting we're right? getting callers we never got before on this right and, and that's a big sign folks. and that's a big sign so 508-996-0500 good evening hey guys how you doing today hey good tom, how What's you up, tom? Imagine, imagine going home to your spouse and saying honey i just got a ten thousand dollar raise you know, how many <laughs> yeah. people can say that yeah these people go, honey i just got a fifty thousand dollar raise right this is cuckoo the numbers are so impossible to even comprehend really I don't know how, how every one of them voted for it. I mean, something rotten in Denmark on that one. But, you know, that, that, that will be coming up again, I guess. And maybe they, they could change it. I don't know. I think the but, average uh, wage, average salary in New Bedford is like forty two grand. Yeah, right. Now, yeah. I know that's obviously a lot of people above it and certainly a lot of people below it because that's the average. But when the raise is bigger than the average salary, yeah. it's, great it's incomprehensible. Yeah, the other one uh, when the sheriff was on, uh, you know, he, he talked about that blind spot, and, and in my opinion, until such time, and and this get they get a little deep, but uh, until such time as they're able to test for lower brain syndrome, which is a legitimate psychiatric uh, uh, problem, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to turn the corner on that. But technology. You know, with the rapidity of technology, they may be able to at some point in the future. Sure. Uh, it basically is where reason uh, in the brain is shut off, and that could be caused by child abuse, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, yeah, the, uh, the drugs a litany of things. But it's sort of like in the post-traumatic stress disorder phenomenon. And right. so uh, a person that, that uh, uh, commits suicide doesn't understand that it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, it, it's going to be a tough one for... Uh, this sheriff, it was a tough one for the last sheriff, and uh, but 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 there is certainly he's identified it anyway as a blind spot, and I, I think that's where where the, the focus is going to have to be at some point in the future. Yeah, I, I think he said, you know, I think he, again, I think he said the, I think the answers he gave were were pretty good given the circumstances. I think he said yeah. the right things. Yeah, yeah, and these are these aren't his people. You know, there, there should be any blame game going on around this one. Uh, in terms of you know blame the sheriff for this one kind of thing, no, I mean it, it, it's a phenomenon. I think that, I think that exists. It and, is, and, and there's it, someone it, who's dead. Let's let's let's. There's a grieving mother, a grieving maybe a spouse. I don't know. Yeah. Fathers, mothers, maybe children. I don't know. But there's a dead person, and that's right. What we're trying to do, and I appreciate the sheriff. I appreciated the last sheriff for being so available to us to try to answer questions. Me too. Look. It's an extraordinarily difficult situation. It's um, the toughest one. It yep. really is. I mean, I mean, there's, <laughs> and I know we have inmates who listen. For the yep. love of God, yeah, it's Last not one, necessary. Uh, it's a final decision that you can't reverse. Um, right. And when when it's oh, man, it's you're not getting anybody back by doing it. Right. Yep. Last one is uh, I did send in a, a thing from the city council from the 1980s. And uh, immediately, Marcus started busting my chops on the <laughs> on the uh, fusion of the meter maids to the police department. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, that motion I have, I might still. I, I I I either brought it home or I still have it in my bag. I'll, I'll show. I'll show Chris. I like the nationalizing the oil industry. You sent me a picture of it. 
I did send you a picture I have of it. Seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nationalizing. <laughs> yeah. The meter mates, though, you started it. That was well, you. But, yeah, but you have to understand this. The meter mates at the time were restricted to a geographical area downtown. They, they, they couldn't even encompass the entire historic district at the time. And being paid by the traffic commission uh, at an extremely low wage, one of the ways to, to boost their income was to get them into the police department. Since then, they expanded further throughout the historic district, and then they were unleashed on the public. <laughs> and, uh, I've got 16 tickets from these folks. Yeah. So, but uh, just remember that part of it as you go forward. Of course, I will. Yeah. All right. They are everywhere, night. though. They are Thanks, far outside of the downtown area these days. Uh, yeah, they're on the app and stuff, too. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hey. You're on the air. Hello. Hey, hey, hey what's you're, up? You're, you're on, on the, the radio. Air. Hey, guys. How you doing? I, uh, I've been listening off and on, running around doing some errands. Um, and I heard, I just heard about, there was a, so there was a suicide at uh, out in Dartmouth at the uh, prison out in Dartmouth. Yeah, there was yes. a suicide at the House of Correction by hanging. Gotcha. Yeah. It was sad, sad, always sad to hear it. And anybody, you know, my view on it is that I don't care what a person did, even though it might be uh, horrific or whatever it may be, when you're incarcerated, that you, you should be safe. Now, now yeah. he did this himself, and so you can't really, it was his own doing. But I believe, yes. Prisoners, prisoners that are in, uh, incarcerated that get hurt, beat up, murdered, raped, whatever, I, I think that's sinful that that even happens in a prison in our country today and i guess it's probably unstoppable or shouldn't be unstoppable but it is that's a different story altogether but what i find ironic is that that the, the new sheriff ran on the safe the prison being safe and that people committed suicide under uh, hodgson's watch and his first day in that this happens to him i don't yes. wish it on him no. i don't wish it on anybody some people but were it's ironic that it happens you know it's it's, it, it's I, yeah it is it is it is I I there is a I guess some irony there um I mean it is again I think if it's something that is preventable and that he, there can be more measures in place to prevent and if that suicide was preventable it probably sadly wouldn't have been able to be in, as instantaneous as most of us would have liked right, right? you can't right. go in right. and wave a magic wand and say no more suicides there's got to be like he said it's a month-long process to, to to even get somebody in to do the evaluation right but is this marcus speaking right it now? it is marcus yeah hi marcus this is ron yeah i haven't talked to you guys in a long time and uh, you have a great show i wish thank by you time it comes on i'm just about falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, uh, and um and the other thing is, do you remember the Craigslist uh, murderer? I do. Uh, yes. Yeah. Do you remember, it's like these these guys. Just because they're in prison doesn't mean they're stupid. This guy found a very clever way to kill himself. Sad, but very clever. And and the information's out there, and people find one way or another to do it. Which is, no one would have ever known that this guy had done what he had done. And over the course of the night, he was he had killed himself. You know. Yeah. And uh, and so it is sad. And I don't think all of it's preventable. But I think a majority of it is preventable, and um, it's just too bad that it does happen. It, it's that sad, sad thing, you know. It you is. Guys yeah. Keep up the good work. You're Thank doing you. Great job. I'm trying to get to listen to you guys more, and uh, glad to have you guys on. Take care, man. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, Thank the, you. The other thing is, is that we never know about the suicides that are prevented. Quite frankly, yeah. Um, that's not a statistic. So 
I, but when someone dies, it's very shocking. We got to take a break. We'll be back. The new line. Uh, stick around. Yeah, I, I would ask because we're nearing the end of the hour. You stick around. You can either hold until nine oh five. When we'll resume after the news break, or you can call back around then after the intro kicks in and we're back on. But I want to give you time to talk, and so you, those are your two options. You can hold until 9.05 uh, on the line until the news break, or you can call back at 508-996-0500. And if you haven't called in, you can call in at 508-996-0500, and you can message us on the WBSM app chat as well. So uh, we'll continue some of these conversations that people are interested in. Um, you know, if you have uh, something you want to bring up that may guide our move our conversation in a different direction, um, we'll, we'll we're happy to hear what you uh, what you have to say. But five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can join us this evening, and uh, we'll be wrapping up uh, the with the nine o'clock hour coming soon out of this uh, this news break. So, um, yeah, we appreciate it. So, yeah, that's that's it. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yep. All right. There we go. Yeah.